Hey everybody, this is Chris. And this is Jason. And as you may be able to tell from the audio quality, Jason is on the Skype this evening. We are no longer in the same room, or I should say we're not in the same room right now. I said no longer because we were in the same room last night when we originally tried to record this podcast, but it didn't go so well. And so now we are trying to fill in the gaps this evening and uh, release a complete podcast episode for all you people, all you fine listeners. You know what I think it was? Tell me. As uh, uh, last night at some point, the, uh, the International Space Station flew directly over Toronto. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how often that happens, but uh, I guess we should check and make sure that doesn't happen on podcast night. Well, uh, I, you, you did mention that to me last night, and I went and looked at the, uh, the path of the space station. And it, if you follow the path, it looks like it flies directly over Toronto all the time, like every couple of hours as it goes around the planet. Uh, well, not not every couple of hours. Probably every couple of days. But well, no. When you when you showed me that online graph of the space station, it passed over Toronto. It was just past Toronto when we first looked at it, and then less than an hour later, it was over Australia. So it doesn't right. take that long to get around the planet. Well, but it's not in a geo like a, a a complete orbit where it just flies over Toronto all the time. It changes, right? It moves. Okay, I I guess so. It does. It doesn't go in the same orbit all the time. No, it goes over different parts of the Earth. I think it covers the whole planet at, one, at a few points. Okay, well, that aside, <laughs> it, it's amazing how quickly we can get down a rat hole. But that aside, what we're doing right now is re-recording parts, as I said. I'm going to insert them into the show, and hopefully as a single piece, it becomes coherent in the end, and it's not a giant mess. But uh, we'll see. Thanks for listening, everybody. is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Good evening, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 69, for Monday, February the 20th, 2012. Jason, happy Family Day. Well, thank you. Happy Family Day to you. For anyone who doesn't know, it's uh, it's a holiday here in Ontario. Ontario only. Uh, no, other provinces have Family Day oh, too, but not, not all of them. It's not federal, because we actually had mail delivery today. I know. Which is a federal thing, so federal employees, uh, they were they had to work today. They did. We got some mail, but it's Family Day, so it's they invented it a few years ago so that we'd have a long weekend between... Uh, New Year's, I guess, yep. Jan- beginning of January, and a March break. That's right. Because there was no long weekend in February, even though it's the shortest month of the year, they figured we needed a day off. Well, they also needed to even <clears throat> things out, because didn't uh, Alberta have more statutory holidays than Ontario? So they had to... I was I was annoyed, personally. Right. Alberta had an extra day because they already had this family day thing. <clears throat> and But BC and like Quebec don't get it. But, I think the um, I think the rest of the provinces in between do. Yeah, but Alberta doesn't have uh, Boxing Day as a holiday. What? Really? I don't think so. 
Because oh. I remember thinking, because our, our, my office is closed between Christmas and New Year's, and we take Boxing Day as a statutory holiday, and the Alberta, the Calgary uh, office doesn't. They take that as an office closure, which means they get an extra holiday somewhere else because they have the same number of holidays as us. Hmm. Uh, so I've always been annoyed that uh, they get that as an office closure, but we have to take it as a stat. Yeah, well, my office, there is an office in Montreal and one in Vancouver, and those suckers had to work today. Right. Uh, well, the rest of the company, which is primarily in Toronto, and there's a small office in, in Calgary, they were all, we were all off. So you're lucky and happy, and I'm annoyed. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Perfect. Happy Family Day. <laughs> happy Family Day, everybody. <laughs> uh, but we all go back to work tomorrow, and, uh, and then, you know, keep, keep it going from there. Trigger Finger. So the episode opens at uh, Lori's overturned car on the road, and she's unconscious inside with a walker trying to push its face through the hole in the broken windshield. Uh, somewhat unsuccessfully. Somewhat unsuccessfully, that's right. She's, yeah. uh, it's, you know, she's, she's unconscious, and the ticker, I mean, the uh, turn signal is going, which is all we hear at first. And uh, Lori kind of slowly wakes up and opens her eyes, Gives a bit of a, a weak scream, in my opinion, and we go to opening credits. Yeah, and that, that, that the face, the, the skin on the zombie was just being peeled off by the broken windshield. That was just very gross. It was so nasty. It was a real uh, gross face moment. <laughs> and there, yeah. There was a couple yeah. of them in this yeah. episode. <laughs> there were. <laughs> so it was pretty gross. And it was also the uh, shortest pre-credit sequence we've ever had, like by a long shot. That's true. It was only like a, a minute, if that. If that. I was kind of surprised to hear the opening music start so soon. I thought we'd get, you know, I thought we'd get the whole car scene in before the credits. She'd get out, kill the zombie or do whatever. But nope, they left us hanging and went right to credits. They sure did. So after the credits, we come back. It's nighttime in town and we hear Rick's gunshots from outside the bar we cut to inside the bar, and they figure out, they sort of talk amongst themselves, they figure out that everybody's okay, and they decide to walk right out the front door. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not, really? They're, they've killed a couple of guys, let's get out of here. So they're heading to the door, and all of a sudden a car drives by, and they hide against the front wall of the bar. Um, outside they can hear Dave and Tony's friends, but for now everybody stays quiet and Dave and Tony's friends are outside searching for them looking in all the buildings so you got to think at some point they're going to try and come in that bar well why wouldn't Dave and Tony go into the town bar well I suppose that's that was kind of alluded to later in the episode but <laughs> yeah. uh, you know I mean they they were uh, well I guess they knew that Rick and Herschel and Glenn were in there because they walked in in the other ep in the episode before and said uh, son of a bitch, they're alive. That's right. Yeah. But I think if they were just looking for supplies, maybe the bar isn't the first place you'd go. Well, it depends on what kind of supplies you're looking for. Yeah, booze or... Uh... <laughs> no, a keg of beer. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for beer supplies, that's the place to go. That is the place to go, I guess. Uh, or maybe peanuts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they could have pork rinds or whatnot. Hey, good times. Everyone needs to eat. Yeah. Salt. It helps you. Uh, I don't know. It 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 sustains you longer. I think. Uh, yeah. You need salt. You would die without salt. You definitely would. But back at the car with Lori, uh, the zombie gets its face and its arm through, and it manages to get a hold of her hair. 
but she grabs uh, something. She breaks off something from inside the car and sticks it backhand through the zombie's eye, incapacitating it. That's the, uh, it was the blinker thing, I think. Like she broke the blinker, uh, the blinkered lever off of the uh, the steering column, right. and uh, and jabbed the metal or plastic uh, bit right in right into its eye. It was it was a pretty good uh, it was a pretty good hit. Although it was reminiscent of when Andrea put the screwdriver for through that zombie's eye. Remember? That's true. Yeah, I remember that. Kind of the, kind of the same thing. But I, when I first watched it. When I, um, we don't get AMC in HD here in Canada, so it kind of looks a bit crappy on my TV and it's always really dark. So at that scene, I couldn't tell what she grabbed and I thought it was the, uh, uh, windshield crank. She busted that off and put it through, but um, modern cars don't have windshield cranks. (laughs) Hey, my car's not that old. It has a windshield (laughs) crank. Oh, sorry. Yours has a windshield crank. (laughs) Yeah. I apologize. (laughs) I think, I think your car is twice as old as mine. It probably has power windows. It does have power windows. But uh, one thing I wanted to say about this, too, is that, uh, Laurie, I know that uh, your hair is long and luxurious and everything, but uh, this is the apocalypse. Cut your hair. <laughs> you know, keep it short. It's easier to maintain. You don't ha- it doesn't get in your face and is uh, not something easily grabbed by uh, dead people. Yeah, or other assailants. Now, it's also good for hygiene, too, because, you know, yeah. your hair's going to get pretty nasty and messy and full of ticks or lice or whatever if you don't get to wash it very often. Yeah. Um, they're not, you know, you're not, not everyone's going to have a nice cushy farm to live at. Yeah, so cut your hair, you know, just to keep it short, keep it trim, keep it clean. It's easy and uh, nothing can grab it. Carol seems to have the right idea. She does. When it yeah. comes to hairstyles. And she looks good with the short hair. I really like Carol with the short hair. There you go. I can't f- actually imagine her with anything else. Well, there you go. So Lori, at this point, gets out of the car and is immediately snuck up on and attacked by another zombie. It just kind of appears in frame behind her and comes at her. Is that the zombie she hit? Uh, this is the one. It knocks her down. She crawls away and she smacks it in the head with a hubcap. No, I'm I'm wondering if this is the one she hit with the car. Oh, maybe. It yeah. it probably is. Why would he be out there? Uh, well, uh, I guess it could be another zombie just hanging around, but I guess so. I think this but, is probably the one that she ran over and it got up. Now, aren't hubcaps made of plastic? I don't know if they're made of plastic, but I think they're made of fairly light metal because right. they're Hubcaps are just decorative as far as I know, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they used to be made of like aluminum or whatnot. And you'd put the bolts from the uh, from the tire when you were changing your tire into a hubcap. But nowadays, it's like whacking somebody with a Frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how much damage can that do, really? <laughs> now, Not it, a lot. It, did, it didn't kill the zombie. It just knocked him away. Yes. But I'm just, I'm questioning whether or not that, that was a, an adequate weapon to do even that. <laughs> you know, maybe the edge of a hubcap because it's, a little bit stronger and it's it's sharper but she just smacked it right across with the flat side of that hubcap and it, i guess it was enough to knock it down and so. uh, she she gets up and sees her gun in the car so she jumps back in the car finds the gun and manages to shoot that second zombie right through the forehead yep so she is okay Back at the farm, everyone is sitting down to dinner and they chit-chat a little bit and suddenly realize that Lori isn't around and Shane takes the uh, the head of the table. Naturally, because, I mean, without Herschel or, or Rick there, of course, he's he's number one man. I guess he thinks so anyway. <laughs> he thinks so, yeah. Yeah. So, that you know, they realize that Lori isn't around, and they immediately jump up and start looking for her. But we don't see that yet. We go back to the bar with Rick, Herschel, and Glenn, and they decide to sneak out back 
Um, but the uh, but the guys outside decide to come in the front door, mm-hmm. and Glenn panics and he pushes the door shut just as if just as they're coming in, and uh, that starts a conversation between the folks outside and the people inside. That that was a mistake. Glenn shouldn't have done that. He should have let the doors uh, swing open, let them come in. They could have just ambushed them and picked them off, or at least you know got behind them with their weapons and disarmed them. And disarmed the whole situation, but uh, I, I don't think Glenn made the right move there at all. Yeah, probably you're probably right. I mean, at least let one or two guys walk in, and you can shoot their kneecaps off, you know, and incapacitate them immediately, basically. T- take them hostages, even without even having to hurt them. Yeah, if you're interested in taking hostages, hostages, I think at well, this point they would be. I think eh, they might, or they might. It's true. I mean, Rick. He he was he's a killer as we as we saw yeah. at the end of the last episode, but I don't think he enjoys the killing. Well, if there's a diff- another option that doesn't involve killing, I think he's going to take it. True, right? True. Uh, Although in this point, it I would bet that they felt pretty threatened. You know, I mean, they know that they just killed their friends. These guys are going to be pissed. Right. You'd think that the first thing they'd want to do is just take them out and get out of there safely. But anyways, they start talking. And uh, the guys outside are asking, is somebody in there? We're just looking for our friends. And Rick speaks up and says, they drew on us first. Also a mistake. Yeah, another another bad mistake, eh? <laughs> yeah. I guess they, what do you think? If they just stayed quiet, what do you think would have happened? Uh, I'm not really sure what would have happened, but uh, it would have, you know, by opening his mouth, Rick told them, uh, told those guys what the situation was. If they had kept their mouth shut, the guys outside would still not know what the situation was, and not knowing makes people nervous. And they they might have just bolted. That's a good point. Uh, he gave them too much information, I guess. Yeah. Now he now they know that their buddies are dead, uh, that there's somebody in there, and that uh, they now have a standoff. They've they've let them know that this is a standoff instead of, you know, it could have been just uh, when they were trying to open the door. Uh, the door could have been blocked by a zombie. Like they don't, they don't really know. Like or a dead person or whatnot. They might have thought I could just push this door open. Let's go around to the back, and that would have given given uh, the three of them a perfect, uh, you know, another ambush situation. That's a really good point. Actually, there could have been a zombie at that door. You know, just about to fall into it or something. You know, they, so you know, the, the door could have been barricaded by somebody who was there previously and had subsequently died or left. Yeah. Know? So our heroes are 0 for 2 at this point. Yep. Um, and as soon as Rick says something, Herschel just looks over at him with an absolutely disappointed look on his face. So Herschel you, seems to know that this was a bad choice. You dumbass. Yeah, you idiot. <laughs> so a shootout ensues, of course, and our three heroes scatter to different corners of the bar. Yep. Back at the farm, they can't find Lori, but Carol goes to, uh, goes to find Daryl, and uh, he tells her that she must have left because Lori came to him to ask if he would go look for Rick and Herschel. He said no way, so he assumes she went out on her own. Right. Bad idea, but Shane immediately jumps in a car to go find her. His uh, trusty Hyundai. That's right. <laughs> I, I knew he was going to be okay as soon as he got in his Hyundai. Nothing bad's going to happen to that car. Oh, no, that's his lucky car. <laughs> He, Lori should have taken that one. She would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If she had taken the Hyundai, nothing bad would have happened. Nope, obviously not. Yeah. We go back to the bar, and there is a slight lull in the fighting at this point. Glenn hears a noise sort of out back, so he heads out the back door into kind of a, a like a storage area back there, 
and he goes down some really, really creaky stairs, which yeah. just sort of added to the tension, but he had kind of a funny reaction when he's like, oh, after all this, <laughs> I still get the creaky stairs. Now, the secret to creaky stairs is to not step in the middle of stairs. You always step on the edges where the uh, where it's the most stable because it's much less likely to creak at those joints than it is in the middle. Yeah, stairs in the middle are, you know, old ones are bending down and all kinds of stuff. So If I'm trying to be sneaky, I always walk on the edge of stairs because they don't creak. I am an expert at stair walking in this old house that I have here. I the, the old wood floors creak everywhere, and I do know that walking up the stairs right on the edge creaks a lot less. Yeah, so and uh, I learned that from uh, growing up in an old house, or at least being in high school in an old house, trying to uh, sneak up to my room after curfew. <laughs> you were drunk and... <laughs> Trying just trying to get into bed without your mom hearing you. Sometimes, <laughs> since uh, yeah, you should you should tell her these stories. I should. Well, maybe she'll listen to the podcast and find out all kinds of stuff that she doesn't want to know about. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> so Glenn goes down the creaky stairs and he sees some figures out the through the window. It's kind of a frosted window out the back of the bar, back door of the bar, and he takes a shot at them. He just. Cool. Blindly Stop. shoots the shotgun through the through the glass. You do not fire your weapon unless you have a target. So now our heroes are O for three. Yeah. <laughs> in the decision making department. That's right. <laughs> this is a bad idea. It's it's amazing these guys have survived this long. Frankly, they, they've turned a uh, you know a, a relatively decent situation that where they knew what was going on and the people that they're fighting against didn't into uh, a position where they are now at the extreme disadvantage because you don't they don't they no longer know what's going on outside and the guys <laughs> outside know everything. Idiots, I tell you. Yeah, it's just bad. <laughs> All right. Um, so Shane finds Lori's car. We cut to Shane driving down the road, and he finds her car overturned. He finds the two dead zombies, but no Lori. No Lori. And we go to commercial. When we come back, we are uh, back with the guys in the bar. Rick tells Herschel to go back and cover Glenn and have uh, Glenn try to make it to the car. Right. So they head out back. And one of the guys outside is sort of waiting there for them. He takes a shot, I think, and misses. But Herschel shoots him, and he doesn't miss. Okay, Herschel's the worst uh, lookout or covering person on the planet. And this guy that took a shot at Glenn is the worst shot on the planet. Uh, you know, Herschel should have been looking, at least look out the window or look out the door and look around for anybody who's out there so that he actually covers Glenn. Yeah, well, Glenn was, I mean, he was already out there, right? Sneaking around towards this dumpster. Yeah. And you're right. Herschel let that guy get a shot off, which he shouldn't have, which shouldn't have been the case, I would think. Yeah, Herschel was not covering Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, when he did take a shot, he hit the guy in the chest and he went down. That That's great. <laughs> You know, he's, a, he's a good shot, bad bad uh, covering person. I don't even know what that's called. So what's that, 0 for 4 now? <laughs> Something like that. I, I lost count already, so hi. <laughs> um, but anyhow, uh, they head out back, yeah. So Herschel kills the guy, and Glenn hides behind a dumpster. Rick hears the commotion, and he comes to find out if everyone's okay. Because yeah. I guess all this time he was just kind of standing inside waiting for something else to happen. Right. Well, he's guarding <laughs> the front. That's right. Now, there is still a guy on, they can't get to the car because there's still a guy, one of the other guys on a roof across the street. I think it was the roof of the pharmacy. Okay. And he, uh, he's, he's shooting at them. So they're pinned down, but his friends show up in a car 
and tell him to jump off the roof. <laughs> Friend, I'm not. I think there was only three in total. Yeah, I, I am not 100% sure about that. I have a feeling there was two people in that car. I, uh, I don't know I'm why. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you're right, though. Earlier in the episode, when when they were just outside the front door of the bar, it did kind of sound like there was three of them. And then at the back, we've got the one that Herschel killed, which was Sean. We've right. got the guy on the roof, which we find out later is Randall. And then we've got at least one guy in the car. So there could only be three, but for some reason, I have a feeling there's two people in that car. I'm not right. sure why. And Sean, Sean's the guy who got his face bit off. Oh, God, yeah. Poor Sean. He 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 got his face torn off by zombies as they approached behind him. Yeah, this was a bad episode for faces, I think. It really yeah, was. The, the zombie ripping his skin off, trying to get his face skin off, trying to get through the car window. <laughs> now this guy gets his whole face chewed off by zombies. This was so that guy. Gross. That guy, before we move on, that guy was probably the single most gruesome like kill we've seen in this series so far i think so or at least gruesome victim of zombie attack because you know we see people get attacked by zombies but they generally uh, you know die pretty quickly or they're already dead or or whatever i mean otis was pretty bad that's for sure yeah but this guy i mean the poor dude was just screaming through the whole thing yep and his and yeah his nose and his face was torn (laughs) off it was just gross (laughs) and i think herschel was going to go and either a try and save him or b put him out of his misery but uh, he couldn't get to him no it was too dangerous herschel did shoot one of the zombies though i'm not sure that seems like a wasted shot to me but i suppose if there was just the one there he could have shot the zombie and saved the guy or at least saved him from being eaten he still might have died from the gunshot wound i don't know probably (laughs) He's no in matter what. Eventually, he was in a bad, bad situation for that guy. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, they're in the car. They tell Randall to jump off the roof. He does. Like, I don't know why he couldn't have just sort of run, ran down in an extra two seconds. But he jumps off the roof and lands on a fence, and his leg goes right through it. Well, that was the big mistake on their part, I think, because yeah. that guy was an idiot for jumping off the roof. Jump off the roof. Jump off the roof. Well, okay, sure. <laughs> don't just jump off a roof. <laughs> Unless there's a trampoline or some kind of swimming pool below you. Or a, a pit <laughs> filled with foam. <laughs> At that point, I would jump off a roof. But any, even, uh, you know, I'd be even worried about a swimming pool because, you know, from if you if you don't know the swimming pool and you don't True. know how deep the water is, you don't know if there's any, you know, if there's there an old truck in the swimming pool. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during this kind of zombie apocalypse. Did somebody fill the swimming pool half full of bricks? I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, just jumping off a roof, bad idea. Climb down quickly. Obviously, he climbed up there somehow, so getting down is usually easier than getting up. Climb down quickly. Don't jump, because bad things happen. But he jumped, and he landed on a fence, and one of the wrought iron fence posts went right straight up through his leg. And and then his buddy took off. And then his friends drive off because they can't wait. His friend or friends took off, and they can't wait for him. Oh, that's a shame. Yep. Uh, So... Herschel and Rick and Glenn head over to the guy who jumped off, Randall, and they decide that, well, they talk briefly about killing him because zombies are approaching and what are they going to do? But then they decide they want to save him, but they can't just pull his leg off because it would destroy his, uh, his leg muscle. Right. That's your calf, right? Yeah. They would destroy his calf muscle. Yeah. So then they decide to amputate his leg below the knee. 
with with a Gerber knife. With a all important Gerber knife. Right. <laughs> um, it can't cut through bone, we find out, but it can cut through the ligaments and of course the skin. And Herschel says he'll lose his leg below the knee. Okay, so uh, if they pull, uh, you know, they eventually spoil our hair for the next four minutes. Uh, they ended up Rick pulling his leg off of the uh, off the wrought iron fence. So the choices are: we can pull the leg off the wrought iron fence and destroy his leg, or we can just cut it off. Right, and destroy his leg. <laughs> and destroy his leg. So, I think Rick made the right decision. I think so too, especially since zombies were coming at them from every direction. They obviously did not have time to perform an amputation, which would, you'd think would take hours. You know, even uh, even hurried, it would take like an hour. <laughs> Uh, no, not really, because you know the, you know a lot of uh, time in operations is uh, one being careful and two making sure the patient is uh, safely, uh, you know, unconscious and uh, still breathing. Whereas they didn't really have that advantage, so all they were going to do is uh, dig and twist and cut and go. Yeah, but don't. It was also dark. <laughs> So yeah, I think Herschel could do it by feel. <laughs> um, yeah, this uh, this veterinarian who's suddenly an expert surgeon. Well, you dig in there and you twist and you turn and you pop the leg off and then you cut a few ligaments and some muscles and away you go. <laughs> away you go, no problem. <laughs> I hope you're around if I ever need my leg amputated. Hey, no problem. Actually, I hope you're not. <laughs> I would use an axe. I would go find a fire axe and uh, I would use that. Yeah, important thing to have on you at all times, I guess, is an axe so that you can easily remove limbs. That's right. At a moment's notice. Well, you might need to. You might need to. But as you said, zombies are coming every direction, so rip, rip, Rick just rips <laughs> the leg off that fence, and we go to commercial. Now, the other thing I noticed about this scene is that Glenn is trying to shoot these walkers from an awfully far distance with a shotgun. Right. Now, uh, there is, there's a thing on a, on a shotgun called a choke. And you can set that to uh, limit the spread pattern of the little pellets. So I'm not sure how drastic that is. I've never actually fired a shotgun. So I don't know if you like set the choke all the way to try and limit the pellets as much as possible, how far you can get a coherent shot off. But that's still that seemed like a little far for a shotgun. It looked pretty far to me, but... I didn't know you could adjust the, the choke of a shotgun, so maybe. I don't know. There, there's another thing. You can also get slugs for a shotgun. You don't have to fire shot. Uh, you can actually fire uh, you know, big lead slugs. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of distance you can get out of those because there's no rifling in a shotgun, right? It just fires it out. So a slug is just going to go uh, you know, out the end of the barrel and just tumble. And uh, still, I'm not sure how far that would go and if it's even aimable after, you know, four feet. Yeah. Nonetheless, though, Glenn managed to kill some of those zombies, but there were just too many of them. And Rick was at the other side shooting the, the, the ones coming from the other direction, and there seemed to be quite a few of those, too. So he had to make a call, and he made it. Good. So they go to commercial, and when we come back, Lori is wandering along the road towards the town, and Shane picks her up. He lies to her to get her to convince her to come back to the farm. Hey, baby, get in my Hyundai. Let's go for a ride. <laughs> Not really like that. He's more <laughs> like your husband's already back. Everything's fine. Come with me. Yeah. So he takes her back, and back there, Carol goes to talk to Daryl again. She sees his wall of squirrels and his ear necklaces <laughs> hanging. That somebody that Rick gave him back the ear necklace. He must have. 
It must have. Oh, I had found this for you. I put it in my pocket, but I'm all done with it. Here you go. Yeah, it does seem strange. The only other explanation, I guess, is that Daryl stole it back from him somehow. You know, Rick's not there very much these days. So. No, he took his shirt off and it dropped on the ground. It's like, oh, my ear necklace. Oh, good. Thank what you. What luck. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> but he has it again and it's hanging up there. And so Carol obviously thinks he's gone a little weird. Well, I would also think this. Oh, squirrel, 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 squirrel. Ears? <laughs> you know, you can eat You can eat all those squirrels. Ears, I don't know. Oh, you can eat the ears, but I would have eaten them long before that. <laughs> Personally. I, I suppose. If you're going to eat ears, might as well get it over with. Yeah, you just get yourself a nice, uh, a nice stick. You whittle a stick, which he was doing earlier. You start a fire, which he did. You put the ears on the stick. You toast them nice and uh, crispy. Have yourself some crispy ears. Crispy ears, With baby. With a side of squirrel. Sounds delicious to me. <laughs> it's a Friday night. So Carol tries to tell Daryl that he's earned his place with the group, but he just kind of really lays into her. He's kind of a prick. He, yeah, he really goes off the deep end. You're a real piece of work, lady. What, are you going to make this about my daddy or some crap like that? Hey, you little jack. You're afraid. You're afraid because you're all alone. You got no husband. No daughter, you don't know what to do with yourself. And you ain't my problem. Sophia wasn't mine. All you had to do was keep an eye on her. He turns into a prick really, really quickly. He I sure thought. does. You know, it hasn't been that long, and already he's he's given her that kind of business. Yeah, his uh, his <clears throat> douchebag meter uh, needle was really going on to the side of decent guy for a long time, but it just swung all the way back to douchebag. Yeah. It really did, really, really quickly. And, yeah. I mean, maybe that's the way it is. You know, you always kind of go back to your natural state. Yeah, I guess, you know, everybody's upset about Sophia. Yeah. Right? And I guess that, you know, he was looking for her. He meant, uh, you know, he had meant a world to him to find her and make sure he was safe for uh, for her mother. Yeah. But uh, he, I guess he just, I don't know, his douchebag murder, he buried it back into the douchebag side. <laughs> he sure did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Shane and Lori return, and of course she immediately realizes that Shane lied to her. Yep. She doesn't like that so much. Well, you know, Shane didn't just, you know, say, I lied to you to get you back here. She said, uh, you know, Lori said, where's Rick? Shane just walked away. Let everybody else deal with the friggin' fallout. Didn't he say, like, look, I had to get you back, and that was yeah, the only way? Yeah, but after Lori said, he's not back? Yeah. You know, it's like, turn around and face up to it and just say, I lied to you to get you back here. Aren't you happy that you're here safe again? You no, know, he's not just an ass. He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But he bl also blurts out that he needed to make sure she was safe so the baby is okay. Right. Not everyone knew that there was a baby there yet. And, and including Carl. Including <laughs> Carl. So Carl hears and was like, um, you're having a baby? Yeah. Excuse <laughs> Ser me? Seriously? Inside the house, Lori tells Carl that her and Rick were waiting for the right time to tell him. And Carl asks that if it's a girl, if they can name her Sophia. Right. It was interesting, I thought. Uh, so Shane comes in and everybody leaves him and Lori to have a serious discussion about a number of things, mm -hmm. <clears throat> including they talk about their affair. She asks him what happened to Otis. Shane tells her he loves her. Right. And she says that uh, she told Rick about their affair, which I already mentioned. 
Shane can't admit that this was a mistake. He thinks they are really, really meant to be together. We had, it was real. It was not. It was a long time coming. It was real, Lord. It that was, was not. It was you and it was me and Carl and it was real. It was right. Don't say it wasn't. It wasn't. Just think about what you felt. Just for a second, what you, what you felt. Everything falling apart all around us, but it. It was the one good thing. And then that scene kind of ends with Shane kind of going, you know it's true, and storming off. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pretty deep stuff, and good music in that scene, too. Yep. You got a little sample of it there in the clip. So we go to commercial, come back. It's morning at the farm now. Andrea comes into Beth's room, and her and Maggie have a chat, which is interesting. That they, I don't know if they've really spoken hardly at all yeah. that, that we've seen. Not a lot. Maggie relates a story about Beth finding her birth control pills mm-hmm. one time when she came back from college. And yeah, I just thought it was weird to see the two of them bonding. I, I don't know where it, that's going. It was weird. I didn't think it was weird. I think it was like a, you know, just kind of chit-chat kind of stuff. Chit-chat. That was fine. Okay. We see Shane, Daryl, and Andrea packing up to go find Rick and Glenn. And Dale tells Andrea that Shane is dangerous, and she says that she's on Team Shane. Yeah. You may not like, you know, the way he presents himself, but he's doing the right thing. Yep. Interesting. Just then, Rick, Herschel, and Glenn drive up, and they have Randall with them. Yeah. But he was blindfolded. It looks like it. Yeah, it kind of looked like he was asleep. Hey, who's that guy? (laughs) T-Dog, who the hell is that? Well, he lost some blood and, you know, he fell onto a wrought iron fence and had his leg pulled off of a wrought iron fence. He very well may have been unconscious. That's true. But also blindfolded, just in case. We cut to inside and everybody is around a table with Rick explaining that they couldn't just leave him there. Nope. Because he would have been eaten for sure. Herschel stands up to Shane and tells him that Rick talked to him into letting them stay but he doesn't have to like it, and he tells Shane to keep his mouth shut. Yep, that was a nice scene. It was, it was a good scene. I liked that, yeah. No, it, like, people have sort of tried to stand up to Shane before, but this is the only time Shane didn't have an answer. And Shane didn't, uh, he didn't say anything. That's what I mean. I figured he'd just come back and say, fine. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah, he's, it's the first time he has shut up. Then we get Glenn and Maggie having a little talk, and he tells her that he feels really inadequate because he was afraid in the bar. He uh, thinks he was selfish when he hid behind the dumpster. A bullet hit the wall behind me, and I, I thought of you. Losing me, hurting it. And I couldn't take it, so I hid to stay alive. Oh, no, no. No, you, you don't get it. Rick, your dad, they were counting on me, and I, I only thought of myself. He only thought of himself. Maggie was all excited about this because I think she thinks it means that he loves her too. But, mm-hmm. you know, Glenn is all screwed up these days. <clears throat> a little bit. So we go to commercial. It was the Mass Effect 3 commercial. Just, oh, uh, just I mentioning. I missed that. Yeah. It, uh, I haven't played any of the Mass Effect games, but it, it looked pretty cool to me. It looked crazy photorealistic, in my opinion. The Mass Effect games are good. You should play them. Uh, I would if I had more time. Maybe I'll try Mass Effect 3. Do you think okay, I can just here, pick up the third one and, and enjoy it? Well, it is a trilogy, and it, the storyline does kind of flow through all three. But just to get you uh, incentivized to actually play this game, you do realize that uh, if you play the game right, you can have sex with somebody in the game. <laughs> I understand. I can also but, have sex with somebody in real life. So is it worth it? 
Well, yes, and uh, maybe, but you know, having sex in real life, uh, you've been married, what, 10 years? Oh my God, 13. Right. How many times have you had sex in a video game? Uh, I choose not to answer that. Well, <laughs> this could be one more time. There you go. And if you play your cards right and you play a female character, you can have lesbian sex. That's even more exciting, I suppose. <laughs> so just I uh, wanted to let you know that uh, this game is, uh, the, and the game is so much more than just having sex. All right. It's actually a really, really good game, and the uh, the voice acting and the action is really good. It's a, it's a very good series of games. It's one of my favorites. Well, let's stop the podcast. I'm going to play it right now. All right. We come back from commercial, and we are inside the farm. Uh, Herschel is back, and he's looking at Beth. Maggie comes in and kind of freaks out at him because he left and she says, you were drinking. And he doesn't really have an answer for her. He just kind of says, yeah, so. Yeah. (laughs) Not in so many words. (laughs) What's the matter with you? Uh, you, Of course I've been drinking. It's the apocalypse. (laughs) That's right. How could I not be? (laughs) Outside, Andrea tells Shane uh, to take a bit of a lighter touch. Now, this was a scene that we saw in a sneak peek for this episode last week that AMC released. So we won't go into too much detail here, but she basically tells Shane that she is totally on his side, but thinks he could just present himself a little bit better. Instead of all the yelling and shouting and arguing, maybe, you know, calm down and, you know, she agrees with him, but take it easy and he could make get his point across a little bit better. You could be 100% right 100% of the time and still not influence a damn person if you don't present it right. Presentation is key. Absolutely. I've heard that when it comes to food, when it comes to work, when it comes to everything. Yeah, uh, food, the first bite is with the eyes. Oh, well, aren't you just uh, a poet? <laughs> presentation, well, I didn't make that up. <laughs> that's, it's, presentation is, uh, is very, very important in a lot of things. And just being a right asshole doesn't make you influential in any way whatsoever. Well, just makes you an asshole. <laughs> I think Shane could take that advice then, and that's kind of what Andrea is telling him here. I think they could make a good team. I think that if uh, Shane, uh, basically Shane and Andrea as a team lead the group, that uh, it might actually be successful. Shane's well, they, the, the big asshole, and and, uh, and Andrea presents it in a, we should do this, and then Shane does it. Yeah, they balance each other out nicely. Yeah. That, that's that's an interesting idea. They she should, uh, she should give him the advanced class. <laughs> that's right. In presentation. <laughs> In presentation. <laughs> Working together, they might be onto something there. That's right. Now, I also noticed in this this scene, and I've kind of noticed this before, but Shane does not look at people when he's talking to them. He's he's going every other which way and looking around and up and down, and I don't know the scenery around him must be really interesting. But he rarely looks right at other people when he's talking to them. It's, oh, that's that's the crazy eyes. It's kind of weird, and it's a bit of the crazy eyes, isn't it? Yeah, he's got the crazy eyes. He's. I think it's just another sign of him not thinking right. He's got too much going through his mind, you know? Yeah, I don't think he listens. I think he just talks. Oh, Even yeah. when Andrea's talking to him, he's like, blah, 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 shut up, woman, just do as I say. <laughs> <laughs> Presentation. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so after that, we go into Rick and Lori's tent, and they're kind of cooling down, and they're getting undressed, and they're and they're talking. And she tells Rick all about her conversation with Shane from earlier in the episode, uh, and all the stuff that uh, that you know she knows now, and and that Shane thinks that the baby is his, that she thinks Shane killed Otis, that Shane loves her. That's what he said. And she kind of finishes off with saying Shane is dangerous and scaring everybody. 
And in, uh, you know, kind of so many words, she tells Rick that he might have to do something about Shane. Yeah, this is a very important conversation. Because uh, she said, you know, look, he is not just killing zombies. I think he killed uh, another human being. And and Rick said, you know, I just did that. <laughs> no, I just did that because, you know, sometimes you have to you have to do that. And, and then Laurie says, you killed those people in order to protect what's yours. And he went, yeah, Shane thinks I'm his. Yeah, that's right. Oh. And, you know, Rick is doing this as a sane human being. Shane is not so sane uh, anymore. <laughs> yeah, because the people that Rick killed, or he was involved in killing, because Herschel actually killed one of them or shot one of them himself. Uh, but uh, I forget where I was going with this. Um, <laughs> they were doing this because these people were a threat. You yeah. know, Otis was not a threat. Shane did that in order to, like, he sacrificed him uh, in order to get away. Yeah. And save a, you know, a son that's not his, and now there's a baby that he thinks is his, and it's a bad situation. And and this scene was amazing because it, you know, Rick's, it, it went from slightly lighthearted at the beginning to extremely serious by the end, and it was really quick, you know, and Rick started with kind of, she says, we have to talk about Shane. He goes, oh, geez, what did he do, what did he do now, you know? Yeah. But by the end of it, she's like... You killed something to protect what's yours, and Shane thinks I'm his. And the look in Rick's eyes was, was intense. Yeah, they're they're a team. They're definitely a team. Oh yeah, they are now for sure. Especially that Lori has like she's really come over to her husband's side. Not that she wasn't ever there, but she's really sort of distancing herself from Shane because she's realized he's becoming a whack job. Yep. And a wingnut. Wing there you go. We go to credits, and the episode is over. So uh, pretty pretty awesome episode, I thought. Oh, yeah. It was great. Um, we had a shootout. We had lots of bad decisions. We had, you know, yep. secrets were revealed. Everything. It was it was a really, really solid episode, and it's just we, leading into, you know, amazing things to come, I think. We had shootouts. We had people jumping off of buildings. We had people hiding behind dumpsters. We had other people having their faces chewed off. It's a great episode. It was really, really solid. Holy crap. Did you see that? Before we give you our picks, I've got a bunch from listeners. First of all, Brent emailed from uh, the internet because he didn't give his location. He would say, I would like to first make a comment on Jason's holy crap, did you see that from last week, Hmm. where Jason thought when Dave said that one day he might eat Tony, Dave was hinting at cannibalism. I don't think that was the jab that Dave was making at Tony's statement. I think Dave meant that one day he may become a lame brain and try to eat Dave. Oh, I see. Yeah. Either way. Either way. It could be both. I mean, it's the writers throwing in a reference to the comic. And that's kind of what he meant, you know. I may eat you one day because I might be a zombie. Or I might be hungry enough. (laughs) That's right. Why not eat the fat guy first? (laughs) Holy crap, I'm in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not a lot skinnier than you, so. Brent goes on. My holy crap, did you see that moment from Nebraska was when T-Dog was stomping on the head of of the mom walker. That would be Beth's mom and Herschel's wife. Yep. And you could hear the squishing noise as his heel is hitting her. Yeah, that was the first thing my mom ever saw of this show. Yeah. Was that, and uh, at that point, I think she got up and left the room just for a minute. Well, she needs to collect herself probably and think, okay, 
this is what we're getting into well, it's, here. It's a little it's a little graphic for like, oh, we're going to watch this little zombie television show here. Yeah. <laughs> smack, smack. Oh. <laughs> That's right. And then a scythe through the brain. That's right. Here so comes the Reaper. <laughs> uh, Brent finishes up with, thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. And I enjoy listening to all the Canadianism talk about The Walking Dead, eh? Do we, uh, do we do that? No, I don't think so, but... You know, a lot of people, even though we have probably the most mild of can- or generic of Canadian accents, I don't even think we do, but a lot of people think they can hear it, so... Well, we say foyer and PVR. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Uh, listener Aaron from Minnesota also wrote in um, with this exact theory, uh, uh, Brent's theory about it not being a cannibalism reference. Right. Just so everyone knows. Melanie, or not Melanie... Melen, I think, from Denmark. M-A-L-E-N-E. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong. She sent in a couple of long emails about Rick's transformation over the course of the show. And her moment is essentially how Rick's changed in the 13 or so episodes that we've seen. Yeah. She wrote, Rick gunning down Tony and Dave in the bar was indeed a holy crap moment. Had Shane been in that situation, you would, as you mentioned in your podcast, have expected this to happen, and a lot sooner. But with Rick, you weren't quite sure how he was going to negotiate his way out of it. Rick patiently waiting and evaluating the danger was expected. Him suddenly killing them wasn't, but it neatly underscored Rick's growing harshness, and that Shane and Rick aren't all that different when it comes to helping and protecting the group. Right. Great point, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, and again, thank you to Melen or Melene from Denmark for sending in such long emails. Uh, there was a lot of good stuff there, and I just can't read it all on the show. Luke from Birmingham in the UK writes, My holy crap, did you see that moment from Nebraska was after Beth is first being attacked by her zombie mother. I think she was scratched or something. I don't know if this is relevant, but I noticed Beth looking at her finger for a split second. I think she's on her way to join the zombie community. Oh, that might be interesting. Yeah, and I went back and watched the scene again, and there is sort of a weird split second where they're pulling her off her mother zombie, and she's got her finger up like this in front of her face, and she's kind of looking at it like, uh, like I was bitten the finger or something. It's really quick, though, but I, I see exactly what... Luke was getting at. That would be a very interesting turn. It's definitely there. Beth from Arkansas writes, My holy crap, did you see that moment of episode nine was when Herschel (laughs) told Shane to keep his mouth shut. You tell him, Herschel, it's about time. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that was a good one. Uh, Moving along, Mark from California says, In Nebraska, Rick shot Dave and Tony when it was still light outside. In Trigger Finger, right at the beginning, we sort of pick up where we left off, hearing the gunshots from outside the bar, but it's dark. What the F? Did Rick shoot the sun too? <laughs> yeah. And he's got, an, he's got a good point. I, uh, I noticed this myself when we were watching it, and I went back to verify, and it sure does seem like it's still light outside in Nebraska when he shoots those two guys. Yeah. And uh, I think that was a very weird night too. I think there's, uh, there's some kind of weird time shifting going on there because uh, they, you know, all of a sudden it's night. So I would assume it's early night and it didn't just, you know, zip into the middle of the night. Uh, it took them all night to drive home. Yeah, exactly. Where we can get people who can ride horses there and back in a couple of hours. Yeah. So because uh, they they ripped what's his eyebrows leg off the wrought iron fence. And I assume at that point they got the F out of Dodge and put him in the truck and then drove back to the to the thing. And I remember uh, to the farm. I remember when the next morning arrived at the farm and they were all getting ready, I'm like, 
what the hell they've been doing all night? Did yeah. they go to another bar? Yeah, it's <laughs> they, they weren't done their uh, bar hopping tour yet. Yeah, they need to, this is a bar crawl, son. We're not going home yet. I'm not done being drunk. It was weird. It was it was weird. In Nebraska, he shoots them when it's light outside. Right. In Trigger Finger, he clearly shoots them when it's dark outside. Yeah. Had to have been early night, like you said. Then they have a shootout, which couldn't have taken more than an hour at most. Right. And then they get him off the fence, jump in a car, and drive back, and it's the next morning. That's right. I don't I don't get it. Well, I mean, nighttime does slam shut every once in a while, and it's just, it's just one messed up time-shifting night. That's all I got to say. <laughs> That's the only explanation. Yeah, really. Obviously, there's a lich involved here. <laughs> As usual. As usual. I don't know whether he has dinosaurs, or a horde of zombies, or a horde of skeletons, or your basic walking dead, but uh, there's definitely a lich messing with things. Controlling time. Yep. People like your references to liches, by the way. <laughs> Good. Ashley from Pittsburgh writes in, This episode with, was filled with some pretty awesome moments, but the best had to be the way Rick just ripped Randall's leg off the fence. It was vicious. A close second had to be the zombies eating the face off the guy Herschel shot. Completely gruesome. Yep. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I would have been looking for an axe. <clears throat> you know, we need to get this guy's leg off. You know what? I want an axe. If I had an axe... I'd get that guy's leg off. Yeah, but you're not going to run around looking for an axe while all those Walking Dead are around you anyways. Well, so. from that point f- forward, I'd be carrying one. I would find myself a nice fire axe. Yep. I'd put a you know a strap on it, and that sucker's on my back from now on. True, true. I I don't I well I don't know how easy it would be to cut a guy's leg off with an axe. Probably easier than that little pocket knife, but still. Well, I would think so. Was that a Gerber knife, by the way? It was. Yeah. Um, and if well, I assume it was because Gerber was in the closing credits. Right. Promotional consideration provided by Gerber. This knife can get through bone. <laughs> I got a problem with this product. <laughs> it's it is strange marketing. You're yeah. absolutely right. No, it can't get through bone because he was going to cut it, the ligaments above the uh, above the bone. Right. Can this get through bone? No, but we can we can still cut his leg we off. We can with still it. cut a guy's leg off with it. Don't worry about that. Okay, Chad finally from Wisconsin writes in. Not that he finally wrote in, but. Finally, Finally. Chad. (laughs) Thank you. Finally. Thank you. In this segment, Chad writes in and says, My moment was Rick's eyes at the end of the episode when Lori is telling him that Shane needs to be dealt with. He just had this don't mess with my woman look. Great acting by Andrew Lincoln, Andrew Lincoln, because it made me believe he is ready to kill Shane. Yep. And it did. I thought he looked pretty serious in that scene. Absolutely. Okay, quickly, you and me have picks, I hope, for holy crap, did you see that? Mm-hmm. Now, I have a, a bunch of them, and my first one that I was going to go with, uh, you already mentioned in our recap, and that was the skin peeling back on the zombie's face when it was pushing itself through the broken car window. Yeah, there's a lot of desire to get through that window. <clears throat> yeah, and like I said, I didn't see that the first time I watched it, so when I was rewatching today, I was like, oh, holy crap, I didn't see that. Yeah, they so. got a... Uh they got a face thing going on with this episode. <laughs> they do. People's faces were just all over the place. Ripped off. Um, the other thing, I have another one here, and I also mentioned it already, is that when they were talking with the guys outside the bar, they mentioned telling Jane that some assholes killed Dave and Tony in the bar. So we know there's a Jane somewhere. <sighs> there better be a Charlene. That's all I got to say. And we also know that there are more people in this group. But it was hard to hear. So, you know, you might not have caught that if you just watched it once. Right. Um... Two more quick ones. When Shane and Lori were having their talk, they were right outside the bedroom where Beth was lying. If she's not completely comatose, she probably heard that whole discussion. That's true. She's probably completely comatose. Yeah, probably. And the final one, which I'm going to go with officially, is Lori's feet. (laughs) 
You're going to go with her feet. I am. In the tent at the end when she's talking to Rick and they're changing, she uh, takes her socks off. Yep. She has got some big hobbit-looking feet. Yeah. <laughs> she got the hobbit and feet. She, eh? They're not hairy, but they're... And maybe it was just the camera angle or the positioning or something like that, the depth of field, but her feet looked huge. It's good for walking on snow. That's true. Built-in snowshoes. That's right. <laughs> she's She's got... Uh, She's got the Hobbit feet, eh? She's got Hobbit feet, or the Bigfoot guy from Simpsons that's always trying to kill Bart. Oh, Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob. She's got the Sideshow Bob feet. Yeah. <laughs> so, pretty crazy. Uh, I'm going to go with Lori's feet. Holy crap. Yeah, I don't have seven of them like you do. Yeah, sorry. I only have the one, and uh, it has to, when Shane was uh, found Lori's car all turned over, uh, he drove in a fantastic Hyundai to get there, by the way. And then uh, once he got there and he looked in the car, he kicked the guy on the ground, and then he kicked the guy that was stuck in the windshield, and then he looked into the uh, into the car, and then when he turned around, like he t- uh, took one hand off the shotgun, so he was only carrying the shotgun in his left hand, and then he, he looked in the car, and then when he turned around, he kind of did this flip with the shotgun, and it just it was such a natural motion. It just went up, and he grabbed onto the... Uh, uh, to the, the grip with his with his other hand it just looked like he had been doing that for years that's cool yeah it was uh it was a neat little thing that i saw and i was just like wow i wonder if uh john berthal meant to do that or whether it was an accident but it just it looked very graceful and natural and it looked like that shotgun just belongs in his hands he knows what he's doing he does clearly i wonder if he practiced it i don't know but it was uh, it was a sight to behold go back and watch it all right i will that sounds exciting, actually. Yeah. He either practiced it or it was some kind of happy accident. It's just, just, a, just a smooth, <clears throat> natural thing. But also good because a, a guy who's used to carrying a shotgun, like the police in the southern, eastern, southeastern U.S. are, yep. might be good at that kind of thing. Yep. Good. Doing that without shooting your own arm off or something. Also very good. Also very good. <laughs> yes. All right. Now let's get into listener feedback. Listener feedback. Okay. So we have a call from Robert in Pennsylvania on Rick and Shane finding Herschel's flask and what they deduced from it. Hi, this is Robert from Pennsylvania. I was just listening to your podcast, the latest one, and I think your guys are wrong about um, them finding the flask in the in the bedroom. That is exactly what they would have come to the conclusion that it was, in fact, he went off to go drinking. You got to remember these two guys, and sort of it was sort of. Both Shane and Rick, who discovered the flask and sort of agreed that well, that's what he was doing, these guys were cops. That's sort of what cops do. I mean, they walk into any room if just by instinct they start looking for clues about things. It seems to be habit. Whatever they were, they were cops, right? So you got to think in those terms as well. Just that comment. Thanks. Bye. So we got Sherlock Holmes walking into rooms and deducing things. Oh, well, you know, <clears throat> he also pulled a you know one of his wife's nighties out of the closet. You know, what makes them, maybe he went to the department store to look for more 90s. He's got a 90 fetish, and, uh, you know, he, he needs to go get his 90 fixed. I, I think Robert has a point, though. He like, does have a point. They're, in, they're police, they're investigators. I mean, they may not, they're not detectives, but they're still, you know, trained to look at a crime scene and, and figure some things out. So, how old is Maggie? Maggie? Uh, she's t- mid 20s, I mid-20s. think. Mid 20s, okay. So, he hasn't had a drink in 25 years. Yeah. Right? So they find a flask that hasn't had alcohol in it for 25 years. And she says, he stopped drinking the day I was born. Right. Anyway, I just, I have a hard time jumping <clears throat> to that uh, to that conclusion. If they had found a bottle of wine that was, still had a little bit left in it and the cork sitting on the floor, you know, that that's one thing. Yeah, I suppose. Anyway. I suppose. But I don't think it's, 
I don't think it's too far out there. Uh, Beth from Arkansas, regular listener, wrote in and said, I took the whole flask scene as Herschel left the flask out because he knew that someone in his family would know what it meant slash where he was without him actually having to say to someone, go to someone and say, hey, I'm going to get hammered. Yeah. He was leaving it more as a clue than anything else. Do you ever do that? Do you tell your family you're going to get hammered? I'll be going to a bar. I'll be back later. <laughs> Put the kids to bed. I'm going to Moe's and I'm coming back wasted. <laughs> coming back drunk. Uh, no, I don't do that. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Nerla fl- from Florida called in as well. Hi, this is Nerla from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, want to know if you guys, love the past podcast. Want to know if you guys watch Talking Dead on AMC after the... Uh, after the show, and um, what are your thoughts on the show and the guest? Bye. So, real quick, I do tend to watch Talking Dead because it's on right after and it's already on my TV. You're never up that late. It's so way past my bedtime. Yeah, I know. I, and I, the other thing about me is I just have to know for some reason what goes on on that show. Ever since they announced it and they, you know for lack of a better word, stole our name, even though we have a the <clears> and they don't. I'm just kind of, I don't know, I just have to know what they're talking about and see how it's going. Because personally, I don't think there's any comparison between us and them, but I, I don't think they do that great a job on the show, and they provide right. no real insight into The Walking Dead. Right. In general, some of the guests are okay, and last week when they had Dave Navarro on, he wasn't bad because he kind of said to Glenn Mazzara, who was sitting beside him, you know, when's this going to pick up? Why are we not seeing all these zombies getting killed? And he was kind of asking the questions that a lot of fans had been asking. And I was cool with that. But for the most part, it doesn't bring a lot to the table. I did watch part of one episode. Mm -hmm. And I had the reason I had to turn it off had nothing to do with the actual show itself. Yep. It had to do with the fact that they were talking about, uh, about the episode. And they were talking about the episode before we actually did this podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, I purposefully ignore everything between watching the episode and doing this podcast because I don't want to have any information about what people think, what's going on, any opinions. I just I want to have my own opinion and I want to make sure that it's uh, that I'm not tainted by anything coming in here. So I absolutely ignore every little bit of media and this show uh, that show if I watched it, uh, it would completely countermand that and i would it would just it, it would taint my opinions and that's you know that really speaks to me that my opinions can be swayed easily <laughs> by anybody else's opinion so in order to prevent like we don't even talk about the show no like when we get here we uh and sometimes we have to try really hard we say oh we start talking about something it's like okay shut up we just have to, we have let's press record because we got to talk about this yes like we don't talk about the show before we do this podcast either no, that's true, and it, it wouldn't quite be as authentic or spontaneous if we did. Right. So that's that. I watch AMC's Talking Dead just because I, I don't know, I'm a completist or something, and I want to see what they're talking about, and you don't because you don't. Yeah. There you go. It's my little brain. I can't, uh, I can't, <clears throat> I can't take it. <laughs> Jason's little brain doesn't know what to do with yeah, it. I just can't take it. All right. So earlier, um, we had an email from Melen in Denmark. I have another excerpt from her email here and it's just too awesome to pass up she says i'd like to start with confirming what tony said we were asking this question last week about tony's derogatory term for women right she says he did indeed say coos which 
which is, as you said, a very derogative word for, shall we call them the lower lady bits? <laughs> lower lady bits. That's really nice, actually. I like that term. If you recall, Ed actually used the very same word to insult Andrea back at the campsite. She, The quote she said is, don't think I won't knock you on your ass just because you're some college-educated coos. Apparently that was in Tell It to the Frogs from season mm. one. Um, now that's it. She, Maylen goes on to explain that she <laughs> she knows this because her roller derby name is Mother Coos. Nice. Sort of a play on Mother Goose. And that's awesome. Th- there's so much awesome in there. I know. <laughs> I mean, the whole phrase lower lady bits is so poetic <laughs> that it's now going into my regular lexicon. Yeah. You know, and uh, Mother Coos <laughs> is great for a name for somebody who does roller derby. And, and roller derby is awesome. Yeah, I know. It's 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 amazing. So thank you, Maylen, for that. That's the perfect email. Sending that in. There's so much there. <laughs> um, all righty. So Beth from Arkansas again, another uh, regular listener. She says, I got the sense that at least Maggie knew Sophia was in the barn. Though she initially told Shane that no one knew she was there, when Glenn asked her, she never answered him. She just looked away. If she really was innocent of that knowledge, it should have been easy to just say that she didn't know. Maybe it's true that Herschel didn't know, but I get the sense that Maggie did. And though she could lie to Shane, she just couldn't lie to Glenn. So she said nothing at all. Hmm. So we might have that coming back at some point and the truth coming out. I don't think we'll ever know. Probably not. But Jonathan, another regular listener slash writer in, wrote in on a... On the, on the same topic, but citing a different example, he said, um, I think it was in Chupacabra, but when Shane asks what to do if they find Sophia Bitten, Rick says to do what has to be done. Maggie then asks, what about her mother? What do we tell her? And Andrea responds, the truth. That's when Maggie looks at Herschel and he shakes his head, no. Now, I went back to check, and this was actually in one episode before Chupacabra, which was Cherokee Rose, Mm -hmm. and it's the scene where they're standing around the hood of the car, and Rick is planning out the grid pattern for the search for Sophia, and this scene does, of course, take place. Andrea says the truth, and Maggie looks over at Herschel, and he shakes his head and practically mouths the word no. Right. It's... I don't know how we sort of didn't see this before, but it almost, it screams at you that they know that she's in there. That's true. It really, really does. Oh. I, I highly recommend going and checking that out again if you can. I will need to. It is, it's like you watch that now and it's kind of like, oh my God, they did know, you know, they yep. totally knew. So I don't know. I think it, it could come back, especially because we've got Maggie and Glenn having their problems right now. Yep. You know, they're going to talk about a lot of stuff and, uh, Something's going to come come out of it. Hmm. Um, one more thing quickly from Beth in Arkansas. She puts the pacing criticism of the show in great perspective here. So that's why I wanted to read this. Right. She says, honestly, I think it's fine. Perhaps the gaps between the episodes, in addition to the hiatus, make it feel like the show is moving slowly. But within the context of the show, not a whole lot of time has passed. And really, a lot of things have happened in a short amount of time. Colon. Dealing with the herd. Losing Sophia, Carl getting shot, the Shane slash Otis debacle, Lori's pregnancy, teabag zombie, zombies in the barn, shootout at the zombie corral, Rick shooting Sophia, and then the two guys at the bar, Lori flipping the car. This has all taken place over a matter of days. That is a lot to deal with. 
I really think there has to be some downtime, not only for the characters, but for the viewers. I know I personally like it when there's a lot of crazy stuff, but then I have an episode or two to kind of decompress from the previous events. I think good things are a coming, so let's be patient. Hmm. When you make a list like that, a lot has happened. Holy crap. Yeah, that's even, uh, that's pretty much as intensive as a season of 24. Well, yeah, and this is all only season two. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's where the criticism was, but like, that's six, well, seven episodes before the break, right? Yeah. And that's like, you know, most of that stuff right there. So mm -hmm. a lot has happened. And, you know, as I've always said, I can sympathize with people's criticisms a little bit, but it you can't argue that nothing happens on this show. Yep. You really can't. Okay, Bob from the internet writes in, and his subject line was, you guys are wrong on so many, sorry, <laughs> his subject, you guys are wrong on many, many points with the last broadcast. And he included a 14-point list of all the things we wow. are wrong about or misunderstood. I'm going to read a few of them. That's I'm not, exciting. I'm excited to hear this. Not going to read all of them. Uh, I've got one, two, three, four, five. So first of all, Dave and Fat Tony are criminals. That's how they got the gun uh, a job gone bad slash dead cop. In the end times, crime goes up quickly. People take advantage of the confusion. They were on the run before the end came, so that's how they got there to the south so quick. Huh. That's one thing we were talking about last week, how they get yeah, there yeah, so yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. He says, Glenn was completely useless. Rick should have brought a sack of cow shit from the farm. That would have been more help. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and it's funny because he foreshadowed this episode a little bit. Yeah. Glenn feels completely useless. He does. Shane would not have waited to pull a gun on them or would not have been so calm. Then they might have backed down and waited for them to leave the bar and or followed them. So he thinks Shane would have just pulled a gun and popped those guys right off the beginning. Depending on what's... If he went in looking for Herschel, he might have been angry going through the door. Oh, probably. Just, yeah, it's a valid point. <clears throat> it very, he very well could have just went, uh, oh, hey, how are you? Bang. Well, yeah, Shane is angry all the time. Yeah. Looking for Herschel, he thinks it's a waste of time, probably, because without Herschel, he's running that farm, right? Yep. So, yeah, he probably would have shot those guys in the face the moment they opened the door. Two more points from Bob. He says, Herschel took note of the fact that Rick shot the guy in the head. Yep. So, Fat Tony, I think Herschel sort of knows. And finally, you two guys are thinking too much about the comics on this. <laughs> hmm. Fair enough. We're trying not to do that so much because, as we've said, these two things are their own entities. They are, yeah. All righty. Uh, real quick, a couple more. We've got Ricardo from London. He wrote in about the helicopter over Atlanta being a leftover from the Frank Darabont season two premiere that wasn't meant to be. He came to the same conclusion we did or that you did, um, but hadn't listened to that episode yet. And after listening to our podcast, he wrote another email and he said, so I just emailed you about the helicopter in the pilot, finished listening to that episode, started the next one, and you promptly mentioned it at the beginning. <laughs> Dope. My saving grace was that Dave called Jason a genius for working this out. So seeing as I came to the same conclusion independently, I must be a genius too. According to Dave. Because Dave said so. Yes. <laughs> and he wrote that. Excellent. <laughs> so Ricardo, clearly you were a genius. Dave is the knower of all and he is the one who can, you know, give you that title. I like to think that great minds think alike. Mm-hmm. And fools seldom differ. <laughs> there you go. Uh, finally, we have Robert from the internet, and he wrote in just to let us know that he made a parody recap of the last episode being uh, Nebraska in case we want to check it out. 
I went over to YouTube and I watched it. Yep. And I will definitely post a link to this in this week's show notes. And I highly recommend everyone go see it. All I'm going to say about it is this. And that is that everything is funnier with Benny Hill music. Well, absolutely. <laughs> so look for the link to that and go check it out. Because I think Robert's done a really nice job. And I hope he does one of these for all of the future episodes. Excellent. I will watch them all. <clears throat> That is all for listener feedback this week. If you have any questions or comments or you want to send in your your thoughts, please do so. You can call us on the Zomb line at one 483 zomb or reach us at TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. Just before we wrap things up here, we are going to do next time on The Walking Dead. Next week on The Walking Dead. All righty, uh, Jason. First thing I'm going to do is play the audio from the teaser for next week groovy uh of course everyone this is potentially spoilery so if you don't want to hear any of this information uh tune out now and we will hopefully see you next week Mm -hmm. but for those that are sticking around here is the commercial for next week's episode which is called 18 miles out you can't just be the good guy and expect to live not anymore my husband is out there we are trying to create a life worth living don't you dare tell me that i take this for granted stay away from her don't you step foot inside this house again it's my call man i think you can keep them safe a special look at a scene from next week's the walking dead all righty so that is the clip right there mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of mysterious things are going on yep most notably, I'm going to say Maggie snapping at Andrea about never coming in the house again. Something happens there. Something happened. Something about staying away from her. So, I don't know, Beth? That's that's all I got. It's, it seems strange, considering they were bonding in the last episode that we just watched. Yep. That little thing. Uh, the other thing is Lori freaking out about something at somebody. Mm-hmm. We don't see the other end of that conversation. And, of course, we have the Rick-Shane fist fight coming up. Yep. We also so, see a, uh, a flash shot of a Gerber knife. Well, yeah, we do, of course. Somebody is stabbing something else or cutting something. I, it's hard to tell. It's a really, really quick shot. Well, I, if you're going to stab or cut, use a Gerber knife. Absolutely. I did pause the scene to see if I could tell whose arm was holding the knife. Right. But I couldn't. It was a green plaid shirt, as far as I could tell, and I couldn't see anyone wearing a green plaid shirt. Oh, well, they probably won't lose then, because if they were going to lose and get blood all over it, it'd be white. True. True. Green plaid, you're fine. No, you're you're doing okay. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too is right at the beginning of that clip, we see, I think Rick looking in the trunk of a car where they've got Randall with tape over his mouth. Yeah. Now in this in in Trigger Finger, Herschel said Randall is going to be laid up in bed for at least a week. Yep. So are we a week in the future? Like, do we suddenly move ahead in time and they're taking Randall back to dump him off somewhere? No, I think that uh, I think that maybe Andrea and Shane get into the house and grab him or into the, the surgery shed and <laughs> yeah, grab right. him and stick him in the trunk of the car. He may he doesn't have to walk into a trunk of a car. No, that's they, true. If you're going to get into a trunk of a car, it's good to carry somebody to do that. So he's not leaving of his own accord. Oh, I don't think so. I think he's going, uh, I think they're off to dump him someplace. Uh, maybe in the well with the teabag zombie or something. <laughs> well, probably in the 
town somewhere where that school bus is. Maybe they go back to that school yeah. where the FEMA shelter was, yep. and they're going to dump them there, and that leads to a disagreement, shall we say, between Shane and Rick. Yeah. Well, if you're going to, yeah, we want to get rid of them, so a good place to do that is where a bunch of known zombies are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, here's your lunch, pal. Have a good time. Good luck. You know, these guys, they saved you, but we're not so nice. Yeah. You know? So there you go. It's called 18 Miles Out. It's directed by Ernest Dickerson. Oh, that's where they're going to dump them. They're going to dump them 18 miles out. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> and interesting to note here that the writing credits are Scott M. Gimple and Glenn Mazzara. Oh. So Mr. Showrunner Glenn had a hand in writing this one. Nice. Might be, uh, I know we're into the post-Darabont era here, but maybe this is the first one that Glenn kind of put a framework together for. Yep. Could be. Awesome. <clears throat> Just finally, the summary from AMC's website for this one is, Rick and Shane come into conflict over the fate of an outsider. Oh, uh -huh. oh. <laughs> we couldn't have planned to do that, no. you know, if we tried. Andrea helps Herschel's youngest daughter face a crucial decision. So the youngest daughter is Beth. Yep. What would Beth's crucial decision be? Uh, to tell that Sophia, they knew that Sophia was in the barn? Because she was feeding them, right? Well, we saw, no, we saw Patricia feed oh, them. Oh, okay. Uh, Otis's wife. We did, But presumably Beth would have known too. Or maybe to tell that she heard that whole conversation between Rick, uh, between uh, Shane and Lori. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I'll buy that. I think that uh, she, they knew that Sophia was in the barn. Yeah, it seems to be leading up to that, I think. And, uh, you know, who knows how that's going to play out. Anyways, looks to be a great episode. We have some... We have some tension here. We've got our main characters having a fist fight, which involves a headbutt, which is always awesome. Yep. Alrighty, that is going to do it for this episode of The Talking Dead. Now, next week, we're going to have to, we're going to release a podcast, but it's going to be a little bit different than usual. Yep. At least in sound quality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I will be in Florida uh, during next week's, during next weekend when The Walking Dead is on. And I hope a great deal that I will be able to watch the show, but I think I will. Oh, I don't see why not. Yeah, I'll have a computer with me and I'll just You're get off it. on Monday, right? On the Monday, you're not like coming back to work on, you're, you're going to be down there, down there. I am in Florida next Sunday and Monday. All right. Then you should, if you, if you have a computer with you, you still be able to watch the uh, the iTunes content. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm going to have that. I'll be able to watch it at my convenience. The Oscars are Sunday night too, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. 26th. That's my birthday. Oh, hey. That, that day? That, yeah, 26th. 26th. Well, that'll be exciting. And... Anyhow, I'll be in Florida, so I'm going to watch it. We're going to have to record remotely that day, of course. Yep. So it might sound a little different, but we're just going to try to do the same old thing otherwise and do what we do. It'll be fun. So it will be fun. Uh, if anyone is in Florida and wants to say hi, if you see me, by all means. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say hi to Florida right now and when I'm there. I would like you to wave and at least shake the hands of as many people as you possibly can find while you're in Florida. And hopefully capture it all on camera if I could. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you.